0: Black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized.
1: It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers.
0: Welcome to the program. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. I, um, I get letters and emails from people all the time. Some disagree with me and some agree with me. At times, I like to set aside time to uh, respond to some of the letters and email I get, and we're going to do that today. I have been called everything that one person could be called in the last 13 years or so nigger, Uncle Tom, sellout, you hate your mama, you hate your daddy, you hate homosexuals, you hate your color, you hate black people, you hate white people. Whatever issue I deal with, for some reason people think I hate them, I don't. But, uh, uh, you know, this is the price that I have to pay for trying to get the truth out. Amy Posey is the general manager of Primetime Christian Broadcast. She's also a friend and like a sister to me now. And she's been getting these letters, She get both. But she's been getting letters from some of the viewers who say that Jesse Peterson hates women. Take him off the air, he hates women. So I've asked her to come on today and discuss some of these letters that we've received. And Amy, thank you for coming on. Thank you
1: for having
0: uh, me. I appreciate it. Amy, um, what I'd like for you to do is maybe read some excerpts from some of the letters that we've gotten about okay. Jesse hating women so that I can respond to
1: them. Well, one thing before I do that, I I, I want you to realize that um, if Jesse really did hate women, he would not <laughs> be on prime time. Yeah. You know, we see a different side of Jesse than, the, than you, the viewers, do. And that's what we were telling you yesterday, Jesse. Yes. Maybe you need to, to give the viewers a few minutes of who you are outside of your interviews with your guests because he really does have a heart for the Lord. He really does love people. He does love women. He loves the youth. He loves blacks. He loves whites. He loves Democrats. He (laughs) He might not love the things that the Democratic Party stands for but he still loves the people and what he is trying to do and what he spent 13 years doing is trying to get people to wake up very much the same way of what we at primetime do which is why even though his program is so different than anything else we do it really does fit because what he's he's saying is you know don't just blanketly accept everything just because um you're a democrat or a republican or the green party whatever it is don't vote a straight ticket there are good People, there are bad people in every party. It's up to you to do the research and to know what your party stands for, what your representatives are voting for on your behalf.
0: That's right. And you know, I I try to make it clear that it's not the people in the party, it's what the party platform is about. Mm -hmm. And the party platform is about homosexuality, same sex marriage, abortion, even up until the ninth month. You know, they, they can bring the baby out of the womb, punch a hole in the head. I'm and call it dead. That's right. And so if you believe in God, you cannot, that is evil. I see that as being evil. Mm-hmm. The battle that we fight is good against evil or evil against good, right? And that's evil. And when you're on the side of good, you cannot support evil.
1: But, you know, Jesse, what is really happening is if, if people take a look at what has happened to our country, and just what is happening all around us. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of common sense to realize that everybody's been dumbed down. All of us have been. They want us stupid. They don't want us paying attention. They want things to appear to be going our way and to be very easy and to make us very complacent where we're just happy to sit and watch TV. And even that becomes so... uh, we get so hardened to what's on TV that you begin to accept all of these things right. that our God says is abominable. And so, you know, God is really waking us up you nowadays. Know, it's like
0: uh, we've been taping all day, as you know. And I, I think all of the guests said to me at the end of the show, you know, you ask, you ask good questions. You prompt me to think mm-hmm. things that I don't normally think about. And that's what I want people to do is to start thinking because if they start to think about what's going on then a change would come for the good.
1: That's what makes you so different though because that's what you are trying to get people yes. to do. Wake up and think. That's right. Where our government,
0: they our leaders,
1: they don't want us to think.
0: That's right. I say that to black Americans too. There's this idea out there that white people hate blacks and they wake up every morning and they're trying to figure out how to keep black people down and. And I say, look, white people have their own problems. Mm-hmm. You know, they worry about their children, high taxes, and they're trying to have a life. They're not waking up every morning trying to figure out how to keep black people down. But because they've been told this stuff for 40 years or so, and no one has come along and say this is not true, they're not even thinking about what's happening, mm-hmm. how they've been brainwashed mm-hmm. and kept down. And I received a lot of letters and phone calls from many blacks who said, I got mad when you first mentioned this thing about black people. But when I calmed down, I thought about it, and you're right. And I had never thought of these things before. They're just not thinking, and that's where the government and these so-called leaders want them to be.
1: To be doing, not thinking. That's right, not thinking. They want them not thinking. Dumb down. So anyway, I can assure you Jesse does not hate anybody, but he does want you to wake up, and we want you to wake up too. We want everybody to be aware. Yes. And we are very glad that you're here.
0: I'm glad to be here.
1: Jesse has a, a program that, either inspires you to love him and stand with him or to hate him and say, I'm never going to watch you again. And then they watch just because
0: Yeah, they become addicted to the program, yes.
1: um, which is good because, is. because yeah. you have had people who have told you, I will never watch again. And then like you said, once they calm down,
0: yes,
1: see, that's what anger does though. It yes. makes you not listen.
0: That's and right.
1: that's God told us it's not wrong to be angry it's what you do with that anger that's wrong
0: you said something like be angry and sin not that's right you know you could be angry I'm angry at what I see happening around me Mm -hmm. but I don't hate it you know I'm not playing God with it but yet I'm taking a stand with Mm -hmm. it you know I'm doing something about it but if I hate the people that were doing the things to the country I wouldn't be able to function I I couldn't do anything about it Mm -hmm. so absolutely right you know I was thinking uh, this morning when I saw Al your dad the other day, he—I uh, gave him a tight hug, you know—and it was like hugging my daddy, because I didn't—I wasn't—my father was not in the home, and I had the opportunity to read your dad's book before ever meeting him in person. And I'm not—I don't like reading. I have to admit, I have to now because of my work, but I—I I couldn't put his book down, and I thought, wow, this is totally interesting. So when I met him, it was an automatic relationship with him. And I feel like he's a wise man that I can learn a lot from. And he's a white man. Now, if I had hatred in my heart for white people, I would lose all that. Mm-hmm. I would miss out on the, the, uh, the knowledge and understanding that he had. Mm-hmm. But because I don't have that hatred, I see a good man that I can learn from him. And uh, a lot of people don't learn from other people mm-hmm. because they do have that resentment for whatever reason within their hearts.
1: For whatever reason. Right, for whatever reason. Um. I know one of the, the issues, and this one here, uh, this letter addresses it, and I will be reading this to you in a minute, is um, that you tend to make people feel like it's their problems are the faults of their mothers and their fathers, and that's not really where he's coming from on that in some ways yes he's trying to get you to wake up you know what if there were problems when you were growing up that created a rebellion in you and you know i love my mom and i love my dad but i tell you what i was one of the most rebellious teenagers for 20 years you know um and i had to forgive them and let me tell you that you guys know who my parents are they're wonderful people But if someone that wonderful is, we look at them, they're not perfect.
0: That's right.
1: And what happens is because they're not perfect, we resent them for that.
0: That's right.
1: And because we resent them for that, we rebel. And that's what he's trying to get us to wake up and see. You know what? It is not because you had lousy parents. It's not that you had the perfect parents. It's that somewhere in you, you perceived... That something was not just perfect, yes. and you got this resentment in you that you've hung
0: on to. That's right. And God said that we should honor our parents. And when you resent your parents, even if you fake them that you love them, but you know secretly in your heart that you resent them, you can't honor your parents. That's right. Because when you resent someone without forgiving, there is no honor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the family is is everything to God. You know, He ordained that family to guide us and we have, to, we have a responsibility to love our parents by forgiving them for the mistakes that they made with us. Mm-hmm. Some of them are aware of the mistakes, others are not. Mm-hmm. And you can carry this stuff through life and you end up doing the same thing to your children and it's just passed down mm-hmm. generation after generation. And instead of looking at that, you blame something else for it now. You say, well, it's racism or it's my husband or it's my wife or it's this, it's really not. It's just that you haven't gone back to where you lost your innocence. And that came from judging your parents for their flaws
1: right because we're not allowed to judge them for their flaws you, you can't and not I, in
0: have peace mm-mm. i want to ask you a quick question though since you brought up that in reading and for the audience too in reading your book i mean your dad's book about his life and he was on the road a lot you know your mother spent a lot of time moving here and there she moved more than mm-hmm. the president's wife i guess <laughs> and uh that's amazing when i read that but how did you Handle not having your father around uh, what impact if any that it had on your life and how did you overcome it how did you deal with that
1: that was a big one for me um, fortunately I was the youngest of five kids so I was with my mother more than any of the others right. there was only an eight-year span between me and my oldest sibling my childhood up until I was 11 my dad was in Europe Um, I became very familiar with Dulles International Airport. That is where (laughs) I saw my father. We picked him up there. And my dad was raised in a generation where men were everything and women were not. And although he doesn't believe that, that did have an effect on his relationship with his children. Because he had three daughters and two sons he spent a lot of time with my brothers you know taking them to washington redskin games yeah. and uh, participating in their boy scout activities he was very busy with them he was a wonderful provider we never did without but he did not realize at that point the importance of his relationship with his daughters yes
0: ma'am
1: when uh, my I grew up in virginia up until i was 11 then we moved outside of san francisco he got transferred and then in 1974 he lost his mother and we moved to roswell new mexico Um, that is where uh, my my mom and dad had both been raised his father and his stepmother were still living there he wanted to be close to his dad Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he bought the rv center and I actually went to work for him then in the 7th grade, Um, but all of a sudden, Jesse, it went from my dad being on the road all the time, never around, to my dad around me 24 hours a day telling me what to do, and let me tell you, it did fly. Yeah,
0: I bet. It
1: was like, I don't think so, Right. and that's, I got so rebellious. I mean, I got into drugs, alcohol, everything, you know, all through high school, my parents were oblivious to this. Because, number one, they were so busy running their own business. You go into business for yourself, you work 36 hours a day. That's for sure. And then, of course, they were very involved in church, you know. They would have to drive out to California to pick up motorhomes that we sold at the RV Center. So they weren't around. And, uh, boy, I didn't like my dad at all. I loved my mother.
0: Right. I understand that. So did you... What caused you to realize that it was the resentment of your father for not being there and feeling unloved by him? About
1: five years ago, we had a huge break. And, you know, I worked for him for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to protect him. That's why I worked for him because I loved my daddy so much. I wanted his approval so much. But let me tell you, I made a lot of mistakes with men in my life. For that lack of relationship yeah, with right. my dad yes because daddies you are so important to your daughters
0: yeah, everything i'm telling you you are and there's reasons like that too because of that spiritual order that mm-hmm. god has ordained you know god in christ christ and man man over woman mm-hmm. woman over children and it doesn't mean the man is more important than the woman but when you love your fathers and girls love their fathers mm-hmm. when you love your father you feel fulfilled mm-hmm. you know you have love mm-hmm. nothing is missing in your mm-hmm. life right but when you don't it's like there's an emptiness there there is a an emptiness love feeling, and you start looking for it in other ways mm-hmm. and because God has ordained that the father that's, that the father be there for their, his children mm-hmm. that's one reason I didn't get married I almost got married about 5 years ago and I realized that I wasn't going to be around because my work and I'm committed mm-hmm. to my work you know I mm-hmm. love my work more than I do myself probably but i'm committed because it's a gift from god right Mm -hmm. and i realized that i wasn't going to be around and i didn't want my children to go through what i had gone through so i called it off Mm -hmm. and uh and when you was talking about your dad moving here and there i'm having flashbacks in my head from reading the book and i'm familiar with all the places that he went to Mm -hmm. so did you finally go to him and say i resented you because you wasn't there and i've been rebelling i'm sorry how did it work itself out
1: well Um, Like I said, I actually started working for him when I was in the 7th grade. And it was just 25, 30 years of trying to win Daddy's approval and that never happening. Dad had open heart surgery uh, in 1997. And some different things played into this, but what happened was um, I ended up leaving primetime and um, was gone for... For five years from prime time, but did not speak to my father for three years. Mm. And during that time, see, here's something that's real key to you're going to see your heavenly father the same way you see your earthly father.
0: Amen.
1: Period. Say that Period. again,
0: please. <laughs> please, one more time. You
1: will see your heavenly father the same way that you see your earthly father. That's right. Every shortcoming your earthly father has, you throw right off onto God. Yep. Every imperfection. And anyway, during that separation period, that three years of being without my dad, completely, and actually it was my entire family, I cut them all off. Um... I never do anything <laughs> halfway. Better, yeah. uh, <laughs> um... I got to know my Heavenly Father, really got to know Him, and His love for me, and how His acceptance of me. That's what happened. And once that relationship with my Heavenly Father was restored, guess what? I could forgive my dad. And I went to him, and the rest is history. Here I am. And I have a marvelous relationship with my dad, yeah. but I don't get him confused with God anymore.
0: That's right. I
1: don't expect my dad to be perfect, and he's you, not.
0: So you guys sat down and talked about it, mm-hmm. and was it hard to do? Were you nervous about it? Because a lot of adults and young adults say, I'm afraid to go there. I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I, I don't know how their reaction would be. And I often tell them, look, mm-hmm. you're not going there to attack. You're going to apologize for resenting you for the mistake you made. So when they hear it that way, it's a little easier to do it. Were you nervous about going to him?
1: No. He was probably a lot more nervous than yeah. I am, but Dad and I are a lot different in that. Dad um, perceives most things, even a normal conversation, if it, that it could be confrontational, yes. then he doesn't want to go there.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: I am one of those people, and a lot of people, this just irks them to no end. I don't look at any kind of difference of opinion or anything like that as something that cannot be resolved. Yeah. So I'm very good at just throwing my cards on the table, let's That's talk right. and let's work it out. Wow. You know?
0: That's but, what the truth will do for you. Yeah. You know, it, it takes out all that fear and worry. You yeah. just want things to work out mm-hmm. and always going to work out is that you have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Got to put it on the table and work it out mm-hmm. if, it can, if you want to work it out. That's right. And so you feel free now.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Do people perceive you as being mean and dominating and oh, yeah. stuff like that? They do? Oh, yeah. And how do you know that they perceive you in that way?
1: Because I've been told that.
0: Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. But... Um, how do you feel about that?
1: Well, um, in some cases, I have to be that way because of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sometimes a very hard thing for me. However, being here at primetime, we try to be um completely different than than what employees would find out in the world yes you know we give them a lot more chances than they're going to find out in the world and but there's a fine line there because sometimes they will take advantage of that and you have to know when to draw the line and when you work in a company this large and you have this many employees it's like i'm sorry but the rules apply equally to every single person now, depending on uh, the employee, they may or may not accept what you have to say to them. It may make them very angry, um, but that's my job.
0: Do you want, um, and we've got to get to the letters because time has passed, but do you want people to always be upfront with you too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the best way, huh? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people can't do that. Yes. Do you realize that? I realize that they it. can't do it. And then rather than realize that they can't be upfront, they'll say something wrong with mm-hmm. you, you. know, well you're mean, so I can't mm-hmm. be up front, but yeah. You know, even if the person is mean, you still can be upfront with people. Well,
1: I'm not mean. I'm actually a very kind yeah. person, but I am very upfront. And sometimes yeah. they take that being very upfront as she's being mean to me.
0: Yeah. Or so, and then hopefully we we'll get to the letters. Your your husband. You know, I know you're married Mm now. I think you've been married at least one other time. Mm -hmm. Do they find you intimidating or difficult to deal with? In their mind, are they strong men that can handle it, Um, secure women?
1: Well, Dale, since we've been married eight weeks at the Mm -hmm. filming of this, and um, just coming into primetime, as someone who has a heart for primetime, he came under spiritual warfare. But, Jesse, you don't marry into this family (laughs) with a heart for what? Prime time is doing, and not have all hell break loose against you. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So no, um, Dell has great respect for me and for what I do, and um, actually being married to him, he's so much more gentle than I am. Mm-hmm. And I've told him that you know I pray God make me make <laughs> me more gentle for him, and God has actually. Done that for me, yeah. and he's—he's he's amazed at what he has seen God do in me in just eight weeks. So am I. So uh, anyway, well, what do you that's want good. to talk about in these letters? Because <laughs> we are just uh, about out of
0: time. Well, this has been good too. I um, I just I want to talk about the ones that think I hate women. I want to respond to some of those.
1: Okay. Um, let me see. Neither one of these really says that, except that this one. This is just an excerpt of this letter. It says, um, Moms usually do the best they can and know to do and to blame them is not the answer. Or to ask a man what he does about the hell his wife has in her and he didn't even know the man's wife. You didn't know the man's wife. Do all women automatically have hell in them because that's what they're gathering that you're inferring i think we all have a little bit of hell in us but (laughs) Uh,
0: men and women the the bible says that we all have sinned and come short right Mm -hmm. meaning that we all coming out of hell Mm -hmm. you know we're coming out of hell but when i say hell in women i am talking about the anger Um, and you touched on that in your testimony whenever women don't have good fathers guiding them men that love god with all their heart soul and might and they are there to guide their children. By example, it brings on anger inside women mm-hmm. and men, but women. And so, when uh, if they don't forgive and get over that, they get married or start to date. Uh, whenever a little pressure is put on, that hell comes out. You know, when it, that anger, and I call hell anger because it's not of God. That kind of that bitter hell uh, anger is not of God. Uh, it comes out and it affects the children and the husband, well, uh, And anybody else that's around you. And so, that's why I call it hell. And any woman, whether black or white, male or female, who, uh, well, uh, well, man is not a woman, but whether black or white, any woman that resents their father, whether he's a good man or not, have that kind of hell within them, and, and it is passed on to their children, because you have to take it out on somebody. You know, it comes out some kind of way. And kids have a lot of energy. You know, they're moving about, pulling down everything, they want to know everything. And when you have that kind of anger, you don't have patience to deal with that. So you tend to yell at your kids, go sit down, uh, don't talk back on your mother. And kids start to resent that anger. And the moment they resent that, they fall away from innocence. And they wake up to that reality that's in the mother. And so any woman, and the reason I point that out, because I, I, I feel that just as men have to look at themselves and repent, women have to do it too. So if we don't point it out, how will women face it? You know, how will they mm-hmm. see? Because some of them don't realize that that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. How would they stop and ponder this idea if no one brings it up? And that's all I try to do.
1: And there's a, a natural thing too, Jesse, because God has set up the family order for a reason. And what happens with the female, and whether they realize it's going on or not, you want that man to be the head of the house. Yes. Because that's what God created him to be. That's right. And there is a resentment that naturally comes up in a female when the husband does not take his place, his strong place, right. as the head of that family.
0: That's right. And I often tell men all the time the worst thing that can happen to a woman is a weak man. A man that doesn't love God with all his heart, soul, and might, and he's guided by that example. Mm-hmm. He's a living example. I don't mean a man who is macho and all that kind of stuff, but a man that loves what's right, mm-hmm. and it means everything to him. When a woman don't don't, don't get that in her life, she resents it. As all you right. said, she can't help but resent that mm-hmm. because she, the order is that she should be able to look up to her husband and respect mm-hmm. him because he respects God. Mm-hmm. So I don't hate women. No, you don't. I really don't. You really it wouldn't don't. make sense for me to hate women. I mean, I know I can't go on radio and TV and do a show and hate women, you know, especially on a Christian sake. Nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. So it's just not logical. But I have to tell the truth because of the love that I have for all people. I have four daughters that I adopted myself, and they're good girls. I don't hate women. I just wanted to get that clear.
1: Well, I help you're being a good daddy to them so they oh. have...
0: They love They me. know
1: how to choose a husband. Yes,
0: yeah. As a matter of fact, when they date, if the man is weak, they'll say, you're a weak man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on. Thank you for having me. And thanks for your testimony, too. It means a lot. It really, really does. Sure. And I appreciate you doing that. Thank you, and have a good day. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I'm founder and president of a nonprofit organization, Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. You can reach us at 1 800 411 2663, 1 800 411 2663, or at our website, www dot bond B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot we're 13 years old we're not a uh, governmental organization we're a private non-profit organization and i believe in the perfect order of god in christ christ and man man over woman and woman over children it is a spiritual battle that we're fighting not blacks against whites or whites against blacks but good versus evil right versus wrong I'm committed to rebuilding a family by rebuilding a man. For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.